You're listening to Incorporating Superpowers with the voice of reason, risk mitigation expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Justin Reckla. Get ready to rip apart the veil as we dismantle old school business and prepare for what comes next. Business will never be the same. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. Today we are going to be talking about a subject that I'm sure if you're in business, if you're an entrepreneur, if you're in the business space, you are probably familiar with. You probably come up with at some point in time in your career. And that is leading the unleadable. How do we do that? How do we how do we uh, how do we lead those who are not ready to be led? How do we how do we manage the cynics and deal with the the, the divas and the the other difficult people? Well, you're in luck because my guest today wrote the book on how to lead the unleadable. His book is Leading the Unleadable, How to Manage Cynics, Divas, and Other Difficult People. People. My guest today is Alan. Will it? He is the principal and founder, co-founder of Exceptional Difference. Alan, welcome to the show. I look forward to this conversation. Justin, I'm sure we're going to have a heck of a lot of fun. Absolutely. So, talk to me first and foremost. What is Exceptional Difference? What What is the the business work that you and I do? We'll get into the book on the back end, but I, I want to learn more first about Exceptional Difference. What is it? Well, we have learned over. Uh, 40 years of 50 years almost of experience because I'm include my teenage years here uh, <laughs> that the uh, a lot some people just make an exceptional difference for their organizations there's a big difference between good and exceptional and the exceptional really can drive the whole culture the whole workforce to do things better for higher purpose with more effectiveness more passion and just frankly, get more things done and have a hell of a lot of fun while doing it. So that's what our whole business model is, is how to accelerate individuals and organizations on how to get that exceptional edge. So I've, I've got to ask then, Alan, is that is that something that is, uh, that in your experience is innate to certain individuals or is it an aspect or a, a quality trait that we all carry that to be that exceptional person for our businesses? Yes. <laughs> I'll expand that. Uh, you know, uh, I had this big debate more than once in organizations about basically, uh, can you train leadership or is it born? Uh, and I have to say, yes, yeah, some people really seem to be innately able to be charismatic and gather people around and do things. Even those people I find need training. Other people really don't have that skill, but can learn it if they have the desire. And if they have a great desire, they can. So I've seen people that were good leaders become exceptional leaders, the ones with innate skills. Once they took on the the research, the training, getting mentors, same with other people. I just got to, you know, if you go to sports for a minute, if you watch the Olympics, it's very, very, very rare you see any Olympic athlete standing on the podium and there's not a coach somewhere behind them smiling broadly. Hmm. Great, great visual, right? And that, that you can't get there alone, right? I think that's that's the key is behind every great leader is, is a coach or somebody that's influenced them to become that great leader. I, I absolutely, absolutely. 
absolutely love that visual. So <clears throat> what does exceptional difference? What, what does that, the, the organization focus on? Is there a certain niche of businesses or people that, that you, that you work with? Great question. Okay. We do have, you know, I look at uh, our audience is like a bullseye chart in the center is really the high-tech development organizations where they're under great schedule pressure and often have safety or uh, privacy, cybersecurity concerns, you know, a big pressure cooker. And it goes out from there. I have actually helped also, uh, for example, a youth organization that did outdoor experiences for children. So it even goes that far out. But our niche is really going after the... Uh, helping the high-tech industry where they really have great stress and great need for high quality. Well, that's brilliant because I love the fact that you can, that you, that you focus on those high stress industries because then that can trickle down. And I'm sure that that, that it well, when we get into the back end of your uh, discussion, your book, that the lessons learned in those high stress environments can be utilized for maybe not so high stress environments. Absolutely. And keep in mind, uh, whether you have a billion dollars on the line or uh, or if your business is really just getting by on a thousand dollars a month, the stress is equally high. <laughs> so <laughs> it's all about all about perspective, right? All about what what containers you're in. I, I love this. Alan, uh, I want to take us into break. Before we go into break, where can people go find more information about you? Exceptionaldifference.com. Too easy. Folks, go take a look at Alan's uh, Exceptional Difference platform. Take a look at his book, Leading the Unleadable. And when we get back from break, we're going to dive down this rabbit hole to look at what makes the unleadable unleadable and, and how you can lead those that are in resistance to it. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the Superpower Network. If you're ready to transform yourself and transform the world through podcasting, we invite you to join us. We co-create a non-competitive, collaborative environment designed to support you as you step into your greatness. Go now to superpowerexperts.com and click on the Programs tab to get started today. Welcome back to Incorporating Superpowers. My guest today is Alan Willett. He is the principal and co-founder of Exceptional Difference and the author of Leading the Unleadable, How to Manage Cynics, Divas, and Other Difficult People. So, Alan, I, I, I can only imagine, I mean, you wrote a book on this. I can imagine that you've had your fair share of dealing with the cynics and the divas and, and difficult people. Otherwise, you wouldn't have written the book. So, in your experience, what makes the unleadable unleadable? First off, let's start there. I'll start with me. I've definitely been a maverick, a diva, and a cynic. <laughs> I've definitely been one of the challenging people to lead. And Justin, I have a sense that you were too. <laughs> so. Yeah, yes, so that, that's a, a very good a good assessment. Uh, definitely in my my military career, that was something I yes. always visited up against because I wanted to I wanted to be out front. I wanted to do things my way, but it's like no, right? The military's right. got a system and a process, and it works for a reason. But Justin, this is the key point of the whole book. The really that leadable are often some of your bright, your best. They they are a problem. Here, let's start with the gifts. The maverick cynics and divas, just to pick on those three characters, 
uh, all have really positive things. Mavericks, for example, they are not happy with the status quo, which is what you were saying. Not happy with yeah, the status was, quo. That, that was me. Well, <laughs> yeah, not happy with the status quo. And you had good ideas. I'm sure of it. Um, I know I have. Where the Mavericks get in trouble is when they cross the red line, when they start to step on everybody's toes and everybody is hating them because they're not giving any respect to why things are the way they are. Make sense? <laughs> now, you're speaking. Yes, this is resonating. <laughs> okay. So uh, cynics. Actually, we need cynics as well because cynics look at any idea, they can blow holes in it. And guess what? There's those of us that are like, you know, blue sky thinkers. Everything's going to be sunshine and rainbows. Me. Uh, I need the cynics <laughs> to actually keep me grounded to the earth so I know where the holes are. And again, the cynics are really, really useful as long as they don't cross the red line. If they start to sabotage things with their negative attitude, which I've seen, they, they start to bring the whole team down and nothing new gets accomplished. Uh, divas, they want everything to be all about them. Uh, who doesn't? <laughs> so, um, but you want a diva on the leading a project because you want them to focus all their attention on their project, make their project successful. And again, they cross the red line of being a real problem when they start to uh, really harm other projects that are going on in their organization. So perhaps we could reframe this a little and talk about how you unwrap the gifts of the unleadable. And, I, and that, I, I, I love that. I absolutely love that reframe because I, I, and I love the fact, I love the fact that you, you, you highlight the fact that we need those people to keep us grounded as we're, as we're leading. So t talk to me more about what, what, what are the, what are those gifts? What are the gifts? Oh, well, I gave some of the gifts, you know, like the Mavericks really it will make the organization better when they're channeled in the right direction. The cynics will make project plans more realistic and much more uh, uh, achievable when they're channeled in the right way. The divas will get the best people on their project as long as it aligns with the organizational goals. You know, all these things are good. <laughs> So, so, are, we got, so are, is, there, is there a one is there a one step process to that? Does it is it like a, a one step system that you 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 can work work for that works for all three or for all the categories, or do you have to manage each one differently? I, I'm going to pop up a level. You ever go for a walk in nature? Of course you oh, have. Of course, yes. Have you noticed how every leaf is different? Of course how every tree is different. You know, this is one of the things that I think uh, leaders really have to embrace, that diversity is just how the world works, how our whole universe works. And we have to respect that. So there is a pattern that we absolutely can use that applies to all of those things. There's just some laws to this. But it really is starting with the fact that we have to accept that different people have different skills. And we also have to realize that we have an obligation not just to the individual, but to the whole team. And that's the crux of exceptional leadership, is the way to inspire each individual to support the whole team to be successful.
So that's a so there's a whole chapter in the book about mindset, and that's one of the key ones. The other mindset is, you know, really I've seen Maverick, Cynics, Divas, other types be very disruptive to the project. Some of the some of the times we had to go to chapter nine of the book where we debate whether we remove or improve them, because even though we might be able to improve them, the damage might too, be too deep already, and they should be removed from the team. Even if we have to remove somebody from a team, we should do it in a way that makes them better. Again, that comes back to exceptional leadership. Because here's one of the big premises is in mindset. Nobody is out to do evil to the project. There's, there's going to be rare exceptions to that, but there's so few. Let's not start there. Let's start with that all these folks really are actually trying to do the best they can for themselves in the organization, for the team. They are not aware of the harm they are doing almost all the time. <laughs> you know, I had somebody yelling at me once and I said, hey, did you know you're yelling at me? He goes, I'm not yelling at you. I said, you know what? You're standing up, you're leaning over, your face is red, your voice is really loud. <laughs> and he goes, oh my God, I'm yelling at you. I said, yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> he sat down and said, it's like you're not you're, you're not yelling at me you, you want to tell your face that <laughs> exactly. no it's really amazing it's really amazing how uh, people really aren't often aware that's an extreme example usually people know when they're yelling but i had a hunch he didn't and he didn't it really startled him <laughs> so <laughs> Um, by the way, the story here is this was a, uh, a leader that hated surprises. He hated surprises so much when he got surprised, he yelled at people. Uh, so you know so what that led what, what that led to was everybody not wanting to tell him anything. <laughs> which led which, to more which, which also process. Which led to more surprises. So I pointed that out to him. Uh -huh. <laughs> and he really worked at getting better. We went to another meeting soon thereafter, and somebody had to bring him really bad news. I knew this was going to happen. There was like 12 people in the room, and the person stood up. They all knew he was going to get bad news. He gave bad news, and, and the manager said, thank you. I really wish other people brought me more news like this early so we could work together on it. Everybody's mouth just fell open because they were waiting for the explosion. <laughs> so, so anyway, it, it, it sounds like some of the process that you that you speaking to here is somewhat intuitive. And in, in, as a leader, being able to tap into your own intuition to know how to communicate with the divas, the cynics, and so forth. There's a pattern. And I, I actually highlight that very in detail in uh, chapter five. I agree with you on the intuition, but I'll just say there's a few steps. One is when you're, you want to be able to give people feedback so they can respond to it in a way that's, you want to give them feedback that's non-judgmental. What I say, the exceptional difference for a leader is this. You got to be able to tell the truth that leads to a positive difference. Okay, those are mandatory. And that you don't get shot in the process, and they say thank you. Those two are optional, and it could be years later. I gave feedback to one person, and they came back 10 years later and said, thank you. I'm ready to work on that now. 
<laughs> and they actually hired me to help them work on that. Ten years later, it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, um, where was I going? Oh, the pattern. So here, I'm going to go back a little bit. One, uh, exceptional leaders actually are very clear about their ex uh, expectations of excellence. That lays a strong foundation. Uh, two is when people are deviating from that, you really got to be able to think about why you're angry at them. Because uh, the person yelling had really clear reasons. When I had him articulate the reasons why he was angry, he was able to better articulate to his organization without without the emotion, without the anger, what he really needed and why that was important. So you got to be able to remove the anger before you give feedback. Mm. Two is you got to be able to deliver the message in three minutes or less. I actually prefer it in one minute or less because if you've ever been uh, reprimanded by your management or others like I have been, uh, if you get a 30-minute speech, not much of it goes in. It's like the old Charlie Brown specials. <laughs> you got to get your message in two minutes or less. Hey, uh, Susan, you said you were going to do X, Y, and Z. What I see you doing is ABC. Can you explain what's going on? Non-judgmental. You could be very upset that they're completely off track. But I, if you I deliver like the mess, if you deliver the message that quickly, and you can also add your emotion to it, but in a a step back, this was really upsetting to me because the whole team is counting on X, Y, Z, and not seeing progress on this. I got very concerned that the team was going to be upset, and that I would have to go explain to my upper management why this project failed. So it is deeply concerning to me. But I realize you must have a good reason for this. Giving the benefit of the doubt and expressing the emotion without becoming the emotion. Wow, I want to put that in the next version. Thank you. <laughs> so. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. That's that, that's that's brilliant. That's um that I from what I've seen, my experience is is that being a leader, you don't necessarily have the um you don't have the luxury of bringing your human forward right you can you can be there but you you can't bring it forward you can't become that emotion you have to maintain your balance maintain your calm because when your emotion gets triggered the other person's emotion gets triggered which is why in the example that you gave when everybody was waiting for the explosion to occur right yeah they were like oh emotionally vomiting on your team is is not going to create anything productive. So I love the fact that you highlight that. Yes. And when you set this kind of session up, you should make sure there's ample space. And after you deliver your message in three minutes or less, stop talking. Mm. And no matter how long it takes for the person to respond, you wait. And again, people do not intend harm. Uh, the vast majority of the time, I've seen people come back and explain what was going on, and they go fix it. Yeah. And sometimes they've come back and said, you know what? Your expectations, I can't do. You should find me a different role. And I do. Mm, that that self-identification of maybe this is not where I'm supposed to be. Where else can you use me? Yeah. 
And I have stories like this in the book, but you know, I got to tell you, it's really, it comes from a heart place as well. Uh, because if you really believe that every person's different, and even when they cross the red line, they didn't have ill intent, when you deliver the message, oftentimes it leads to improvements in themselves. Uh, one, one manager I was coaching, I said, you really got to tell this guy he's showing up at every meeting with anger. And it's really been disruptive and people don't want to work with him. I don't think he knows it. So the manager waited for a Friday, delivered the message in one minute or less. You know, he basically said what I just said. And he said, think about it. Let's talk on Monday. The person came back on Monday. He said, you're right. I've been angry everywhere and it's been at home too. I got to fix this. <laughs> and it led to immediate behavior changes at work from a two minute feedback. But it really takes that mindset and it takes getting away from your own emotion as you stated it so eloquently to do that. So uh, leading that leadable is really about bringing forth the best in each person, especially those that are crossing the red line. If they're crossing the red line, it's because they care. And they're crossing yeah. the red line. It's because they're really trying to do something that they believe is so important. Harness that passion and use it to lead to an exceptional difference for your team, for yourself, for your organization. One of my big measurements for exceptional leaders is how often they can transform the troublesome into the tremendous. That's one of the metrics you should be using as a leader, how often you can do that. I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that you, you this, the example that you just gave, you know, where the individual was angry and, you know, came to the conclusion that he was angry at home uh, as leaders, recognizing that, you know, our employees, the people that we work with are only with us for short periods of time and they've got other things going on in their lives and, and to pay attention for that, right? Why is somebody showing up work angry? Why is this happening? What's going on for them and connecting them with them in the space of like, Hey, you know, I have noticed this, or I've noticed that what's, what's going on and giving them an opportunity to self-reflect like, like in the example that you did, it was absolutely brilliant to remember that <clears throat> we are multifaceted beings and have so much others things going on in our lives besides whatever project that we're working on. That if we don't find balance in that, that that can overflow into and affect the team. I love the fact that you highlight that. Justin, could I uh, state one problem exceptional leaders have and a solution that we've developed? Yes. What is what is that solution? Well, what's the problem? What's the solution? Well, the problem first is uh, you know good leaders that really want to be exceptional are often struggling with this problem. They have too much to do. The good leaders are vastly aware of how many things, and they're often taking on very important projects, many of them simultaneously. They are challenged. So one of the reasons they have a hard time harnessing the skills of their employees, especially the people that cross the red line, is they're already overwhelmed. It's annoying to have to deal with that. <laughs> At the least, it's annoying. At the worst, it feels like a crisis. Uh, one of the things we developed at the Exceptional Difference is what we call the Exceptional Engineering Experience or the Exceptional Leadership Experience. And what it does is we have a, a 
it's an odd blend, okay, a unique blend, not odd, unique blend of structured training, but it's more of a, how do you apply these principles on the job? And it's across six months with a cohort of brilliant people. We try to, we keep it between eight and 15 people. So everybody gets individual attention and constant coaching from exp experts across that. And the leaders that come out the other side of this uh, have feel like they have gone from being the pinball in the pinball machine to being the flippers. If, you may, if I may use that metaphor, uh, they feel like they actually have now control, much more control over their emotions, over their week, over how what happens when, and how to deal with leading teams. So it really is, it goes back to your original question. Are people born with us or can they learn it? Yes, they can learn it. If you have those skills, it still takes training you can get better. And the better you get, the more of an exceptional difference you can make for yourself and your organizations. It's about doing good in the world. Mm. Alan, I absolutely love the work that you're doing in the world. God knows we need more of this. We need to be able to connect in with the people we work with at a deeper level to be able to lead them, to leverage their abilities so we can move the needle forward together. I love Absolutely love the work that you're doing in the world. One more time, where can people go find more information about you? Exceptionaldifference.com. And I'll also note I have my own website, alanwillett.com. So fantastic, folks. Go take a look at Alan's book. Go take a look at the work that he's doing in the world. Up your game as a leader. Get the skill sets, get the tools that you need to improve your own organization. Work with those that may be difficult to lead recognize that they've got gifts that can contribute to the overall good of the mission of the business that you are working in. Till next time, folks, go out there and incorporate your own superpowers so you can change the world. Take care. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.